John at Ubaldi Reports, the one website that provides fact, not fiction, on global and national news. There's a lot to discuss uh, today, immigration, but the one big thing we're going to start first before we get on to the immigration and other issues is Elon Musk has bought Twitter. And it seems like everybody's head's exploding because Elon Musk has bought Twitter. Now, many on the left and progressives like Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, and uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren are saying this is a threat to democracy because they have this fear that misinformation or disinformation is going to be put out. But it's kind of ironic. Those that want to curtail the free speech of this are also the ones who are the extreme purveyor of disinformation themselves. So we're just about ready to get going on this. Just bear with us. But I just want to give you a heads up. If you have any comments, please comment in and we'll answer your questions on TikTok, on TikTok and on Ubaldi Reports. And let your friends and family know about Ubaldi Reports. And we're going to be doing this every Wednesday evening at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. That's every Wednesday at 7.30 in the evening Eastern Standard Time. Okay, you ready? So we're getting ready about right now. Go Big Joe. Oh, we got four people. Okay, ready in three, two. Hey, everybody. This is John with Ubaldi Reports, the website that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether internationally or domestically. And today we're going to be doing th- talking about Elon Musk buying Twitter. We'll talk delve into immigration, but the big topic is Elon Musk has bought Twitter for, I think, about $45 billion, and it seems like everybody's head is exploding on that particular issue of him buying Twitter. Now, with me is my co-host, Big Bad Joe Bitts, former combat Marine who served in Iraq and incidentally was wounded in Iraq. And Ray, yeah, and Ray, and a, and a gun, a gun, <laughs> gun expert Ray, and we have a gun um, expert Ray who is also um, certified gunsmith, so he knows this stuff about the laws regarding gun ownership, gun rights, and he knows everything about you well, can think it, about guns. Is he a millennial or an iGen? That's what I'm trying to I figure don't out. Care what he is, he's something. Well, because like like you said, <laughs> you know, your thinking is a little different than mine, and his thinking is just way. Well, let's just put it this like, way: I come in, I'm at the tail end of the baby boomers. Some put as the baby boomers are the next generation, uh, the next group that so, goes on. So you're like alpha. You're you're like you're like the uh, alpha test of of a generation X. Yeah. So then you got and I'm and I'm like you know generation X like 2.0. Yeah. And then you got Ray, who's an actual millennial, the putt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. But yeah, okay. I think if you were born before 99 or exactly. after 99. No, no. 94, baby. So. Okay, yeah. He's a millennial. So I think actually my daughter, who's going to be graduating soon, she is on the cusp of the end of the, the millennial. millennial. Yeah. But, in the, but not to interrupt, so the big issue is when we talk about those things, because this affects... Everybody, millennials, everybody is Elon Musk buying Twitter. Now, well, what, what, he's already bought it. Well, it's, he's already bought it. Yeah, you're right. But what's your impression so far? I think they're maybe hyping it up a little bit more than what it really is. I think I think we've all talked about Elon Musk has FU money. He can just do whatever he wants, whether it's 
you know, by Twitter or, I mean, he started a electric car company. He started a... SpaceX. Yeah, SpaceX, which is a reusable rocket company. Uh, The Boring Company, he's trying to reduce travel with the Boring Company with the Hyperloop or whatever it's called, you know, and now he's kind of battling on free speech. Well, it's not that he's... His big... The reason he wants to buy Twitter is just that he's a big purveyor of... And he's a big supporter of free speech. And Elon Musk is no conservative. He has an electric car. That's like an anthem to most conservatives. Yeah. But he also. The number one electric car producer in the the country, right? Yeah. Don't quote me on this. I think didn't he smoke pot with Joe Rogan? Yeah. So he he plays this. But I think it's not that it's overblown. Is that the left or the progressives or the liberals are fearing that their message get, will get diluted because another message will comes out. They love free speech when they get to say what they want, but as soon as you challenge their notion, it's disinformation. Uh-huh. And, and if you remember a couple of weeks ago, there was a symposium at the University of Chicago. Yeah. And um, it was all about disinformation. And Brian one, Stelzer, right? Brian Stelzer was one of the key players there. And they had some individuals get up, and one individual challenged an apple bomb. She wrote the book, The Gulag, cataloging the gulag in the Russian um, system. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, I'm not really interested in the Hunter Biden story. Well, first of all, who are you to determine if you're interested or not? Mm-hmm. It's news. you got to report on it. So then this f- freshman journalism student, he gets up there, and he – really was questioning Brian Stoutler. And he goes, you're here to talk about disinformation, but you and your organization, namely CNN, are the purveyors of disinformation. And he laid out a litmus test of or litmus items that they push disinformation, the biggest one being the Russian collusion narrative. Then he talked about Jesse Smollett. Then he talked about Nicholas Sandman. Then he talked about Kyle Rittenhouse. Then he talked about all these other issues that came up. Even a lot of this made, what do you call it, the presidential campaign of 2020. And if you remember, in the summer of 2020, the media reported that Vladimir Putin was paying the Taliban bounty to kill American Marines. Mm -hmm. There was no evidence to back it up, even General... um, McKenzie, the CENTCOM commander, said, I've seen no actionable intelligence to back it up. But they kept pushing this. And then the biggest thing they did is Twitter, Facebook, Google, everybody squashed the Hunter Biden story when that came out by the New York Post. And then two years later, the New York Times and the Washington Post, they reported that they authenticated the laptops. Mm -hmm. But they never said, "Okay, what did you authenticate? But they authenticated this was a true story. How is this going to change the game uh, from what you see well, with Elon Musk buying Twitter? Do you think there's going to be any changes? Well, it, yeah, because there's a everybody's freaking out. Couple the one of the lead, the head person who squashed these stories, like the the, the Trump, I mean uh, the Hunter Biden story. She was in some meeting with uh, Twitter employees, and she broke down like. Elon Musk is going to destroy the American constitutional system. Now, it's ironic. You're going to destroy free speech with free speech. You know okay, that? But, well, it's ironic. One of the key lawyers is James Baker. Mm-hmm. And for our listeners' sake, James Baker was the lead counsel at the FBI. 
And uh, Michael Sussman, who was a Clinton lawyer, pushed the Russian narrative, the Russian dossier to the FBI. Now, Michael Sussman was indicted by John Durham's special investigation probe into the origins of the Russian collusion story. Yeah. So James Baker was involved in all this, and now he's at Twitter, which has seemed to be squashing any dissenting views, not just Hunter Biden, but also the corona, the origins of the coronavirus. And it's just, I mean, last point, it seems ironic that they say, well, billionaires shouldn't be doing this. Well, I don't hear them complain about Jeff Bezos, the billionaire um, owner of Amazon, buying the Washington Post. Do you, do you think you know where it's, okay, have you heard of maybe a rumor, not rumor, or conspiracy of how this started with Elon Musk buying Twitter? I haven't heard how it got started. Okay. I think he was just so, appalled at where Twitter was going, and he's a business guy. So he probably was looking at Twitter really hasn't done that well. Well, have you ever heard of the Babylon Bee? Yeah, I heard the Babylon Bee. Okay, it's like the onion, but I guess it's a little bit more political and stuff like that. Oh, very, but they squashed that because it went against their narrative. So Twitter kicked off the Babylon Bee, and Elon Musk was a very good – he was on their – he's been on their podcast. He's really good friends with them. So a lot of people surmise that – He's like, oh, you want to kick off my friends? I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna buy Twitter. Or there's another. Okay, so there's this kid out of Gainesville. He's going to FSU or FU, and um, Florida, you know, University of Florida. Yeah, what, just for our listening. <laughs> FU, <laughs> and he. So this kid, he's a little full of himself too. But he created uh, a Twitter account that followed Elon Musk's plane wherever it went. And Elon Musk didn't like that. He actually reached out to him and said, hey, can you knock this off? I don't want that. And this kid thinks that Elon Musk bought Twitter just to kick him off. Of no, I mean, that to me, I mean, unless they have evidence to back that up. But it's I don't think it's a bad idea because you got to understand these social media companies had great impact in the 2020 election. Now, I believe that the election was rigged, not the way Trump said it is the social media companies prevented anything and there's evidence to back it up, yeah. not just then, not including now. There was a report that recently came out and I can't think of the, the organization like a media watchdog group. And I said well over 600 times they squashed stories or downgraded the algorithms on anything that went against Joe Biden or anything that conservatives came out with. Mm-hmm. But anything that was made Joe Biden look bad, they squashed it or stopped it or did anything to eliminate it. So what about like all these billionaire companies? So you have like Facebook, Twitter, you know, Elon Musk is running up there. He's the richest man, I guess, in the, in the world. world. Correct. Okay. And he's running up there at the top. So he knows <clears throat> everything that's going on. And he probably knows that the government had a big hand in Twitter and how it's controlling the things like that. Okay, then let's go back a little bit. Elizabeth Warren called out Elon Musk about not paying his taxes. And Elon Musk is like, okay, hey, I'll just, no, here you go. 80, well, I think it was like, it was a couple billion dollars. He paid the most taxes of any person. Now, I'm thinking that kind of maybe like roughed him up a little bit. And he's just like, I know I'm going to step in here and I'm just going to ruin it for every Democrat there is. No, I mean, Didn't unless... He- didn't he clap back with that saying also yeah. that he could solve world hunger and he was yeah. willing to put up a like a 
X amount of billion dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an organization reached out to you said, hey, here you go. You give us this money. We're gonna we're gonna solve world hunger. We're gonna you the money. This is how much money we need. We're gonna solve world hunger. And Elon Musk was like, you know what? That does sound like a good idea. I want full transparency on every single dollar of where it's going. And then they're like, um, yeah, you know, we're good. We're good. We don't yeah. need your money. Yeah, you know, I mean, but and that's, but that's and I think that's I think that's something. Even the, the Biden administration has been promising this. Ever since they stepped into office was transparency, and the first person that may be offering us transparency is Elon Musk. A private but, citizen. But the thing is with this, the, <laughs> the way I look at it is the social media companies are determining what we hear and read. Yeah. The media is um, controlling what we see and read. And then we, um, like, okay, take the two biggest most prominent media companies or newspapers, the Washington Post and New York Times. Mm -hmm. Both of those organizations got the Pulitzer Prize in December of 2018 for the relentless coverage of the Russian collusion narrative. Mm -hmm. Four months later, that was a bold-faced lie. Robert Mueller said there was no evidence that any American knowingly or or unknowingly collaborated with Russia. Mm -hmm. But they still got the Nobel, the the, Prize Pulitzer Prize, which is the gold standard for journalists. And they realize it's fake, and they still haven't it's taken it back yet. They still for haven't. Fictional content. Yeah, they haven't <laughs> done any of that stuff. So if you're going to purvey on a platform or as a publisher, you've got two choices by the FCC. Mm-hmm. Either you're a publisher, and you've got certain rules and responsibilities and legalities that you have to follow. If you're going to be a, a, a platform, then all voices must be heard, whether you agree with it or not. Now, I know we, we keep saying this, so I'll mention his name again. And that's what Jonathan Turley, the constitutional scholar, had said. You're telling me you're going to control. You're, this is a threat to democracy, free speech. Uh-huh. So you're going to control free speech. So basically, to save democracy, you've got to uh, control free speech. It's almost like the adage during Vietnam, we've got to destroy the village to save the village. Yeah. That makes no sense. No. And all these people who are complaining, like Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and all these liberals and progressives, they didn't have a problem with Mark Zuckerberg mm-hmm. doing what he does. He's a billionaire, but they're a billionaire that supports Democrats. They don't have a problem with the billionaire that's run a couple billionaires that are running Google because yeah. they support Democrats or Bill Gates. But as soon as somebody, or even Michael Bloomberg, when he ran in 2020, he had stated that my organ news organization will only cover Republicans. They will not look into anything the Democrats are doing. He's, I didn't hear any one Democrat complain about that. So, so as we're playing this podcast, I just want to let you know something. How many people do you think are going to listen to it? Now, we've been getting numbers, right? We're getting more. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen the numbers. How would you like 10,000 an episode? I would love 10,000 an episode. 30,000 episode? Yeah. You know, I can get, I can, we can literally, I can find somewhere, give them money, and they can give us 30,000 downloads per episode. I would love it. Okay. But we're paying for that. Do you see, is that, do you have a, is there a problem with that? So you have a, you're having a lot of audience, but your audience is fake. Now, kind of transitioning that over into Twitter, I mean, how much of that audience is fake, you know, because how many of them are kind of like maybe pumped up numbers? And I think with 
Musk kind of stepping in, he's going to really start weeding out those people that are real and those people that are fake. Well, the one like, the, have you looked at your Twitter account lately? I've, I don't really post. But I got to go back to posting more on Twitter. See if you gained any followers, because if they were silencing conservative speech about two or three days ago, like uh, Donald Trump Jr. gained 87,000 followers. Oh, a because, lot of people that are on the conservative side are, have started gaining followers. Yeah, I've heard that from one of the news stations. So like, even your content prior to this podcast could have been silenced. I'll take a look. I will take a look at that. Yeah, and but going on the opposite end, too, a lot of the liberal side, their numbers are going down. Well, also the one thing with Elon Musk is – Okay, I'm not well. I mean, I'm, I know technology just like you do. You know a little bit better than I do. And our editor knows it probably better than Joe and myself. Yeah, does. yeah, yeah. Okay, but with Elon Musk, as smart as he is, yeah. you can't buffalo him when it comes to the algorithms and how things are done. He wants to know how are these algorithms put together? Mm-hmm. How are they done? So they can't do that. Now, the other thing is. Now, it's kind of a mute point now because uh, Musk bought Twitter. The problem, with, and this could go into a lawsuit, it's not going to happen now, is the, the, the this Twitter board has a proprietary agreement, a propri- proprietary function to make sure the shareholders make money because the shareholders are investing in Twitter. But what the board is doing is they're, do, they're going off into their woke policy and Twitter hasn't really been making money. Their numbers, have, their stock portfolio has dropped, just mm-hmm. like what Disney was doing about cr- criticizing the, pay, the parents' rights bill that was passed in Florida. Now, for the shareholders, they could be saying, wait a minute, you're not, you're, you're not fulfilling your proprietary agreement mm-hmm. to make sure we make money as a, for our investment. Yeah. We've lost money because they were running last year I think two twenty two hundred and twenty dollars per share. Yeah. Now they're down into like one thirty five, one forty. I haven't seen it right lately. So we, think Disney, about Disney, right? That's things. Yeah. Think of what the shareholders lost, all because the Disney board decided to go woke and embrace the progressive ideology. Yeah, you know, and that's something that I it doesn't really bother me how you want to like lean, but you know, the problem I have is pushing my idea. Me, I would have a problem if I was, I mean, if I was trying to, you know, you're a different religion than I am. But if I'm constantly pushing Christianity on you, we're really good friends. But, you know, hey, John, you know, being a Christian, that's the way to go, buddy. That's the way to go. Eventually, you're going to be like, Joe, shut up. Because I don't want to hear it anymore because we're pushing certain ideologies on each other. Like, I think the transgender movement could have gone a lot easier if they weren't kind of just kind of putting yeah they weren't jamming it into our ideology if they just kind of let it happen and let it be you know accepting no matter who you are not what you are Yeah, but here's the problem i mean you have a young daughter that's in kindergarten yeah when they if you look at the parents rights bill by um, governor desantis i've read the bill there's nothing in it that says gay. Yeah. We're not saying it's not saying anything that the, the critics are saying. Mm-hmm. I just have a problem and you're a parent. I'm not. You're going to teach um, sexual education and, tra- and gender um, identity to kindergartens through third grade. Mm-hmm. 
without parents' knowledge? In, <clears throat> prior to that bill, they never did talk about sex or gender or whatever to that kid until he hit like sex ed class, which I think now is like in the middle school or six, something. Yeah, middle, six, middle, seven, it's in middle, eight, yeah, middle school. But now since we said, oh, you can't talk about it, then you're like, oh, but I want to talk about it now. That just makes no, you well, know. But here's the other point, the bigger picture for me. America spends between the federal, state, and local level. We spend, and you can look this up on any U.S. government website, especially the U.S. Census Bureau and the like. We spend about $800 billion on education. Is that overall or per? Overall, okay. That's overall between the federal, state, and local level. Eight or 80? 800. Eight, oh. Okay. 800. Extra zero there. <laughs> I know you didn't take math for Marines. 800 billion. I said do it in crayon and I'll understand okay. it completely. America is at the, almost at the bottom of all industrialized countries when it comes to math, reading, science. We, we put in $800 billion into our education system and we're, and we're bottom. Well, because then you look at a lot of these um, states and Florida is just as included. Because the teachers' union has a stranglehold on education. Yeah. So a lot of the, and this is what people don't understand, and this isn't me saying this. Look up any school district, look at any state and city, 70% of uh, African-American and Hispanic children are deficient at grade level. Mm -hmm. So, and it's only gotten worse in some, like California, it got worse because of the pandemic. But you remember, uh, were you there when we were talking to... The tutor? Oh, yes. Okay. okay. And she said that the school system does not hold back black or Hispanic children. Because that was an, um, a policy that came out of the Obama administration. Now, what schools across the country doing, like California is one, they got rid of the SAT. This is a test you take to get into college because they felt that it was d discriminatory against minorities. Oregon... If you grad, you don't have to take a test to determine if you graduate coming out of high school because of discrimination against minorities. Then you go to New York, try to, and I know if Governor, excuse me, Mayor Adams rescinded. He said he would that they were eliminating all the um, high performing schools. You're talking about the mayor who hired his brother-in-law as the police chief. <laughs> that guy? No, I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know about that one. But, I mean, so they wanted to get rid of the high-performing schools because there was too many whites and Asians getting in. Uh -huh. New York City. Now, you go to say, you go to um, California, San Francisco, when they recalled the three school board members because there was this high school called Lowell High School, which is it's a very high-performing public school. you got to take a test to get in. Uh -huh. Well, they eliminated the test and went more to a lottery system. Well, the Asian parents were like, well, wait a minute. My kid studies, busts his butt to get a good grade, get a good um, test score, and he has to wait through a lottery system because somebody who doesn't. Mm -hmm. But instead of figure out, okay, if you're not getting enough blacks and Hispanics into these programs, my question is, why? Is it racism or is it because they come from failing schools like Baltimore? Mm -hmm. There's, I think there was 13 high schools listed in this report, and nine out of the 13 high schools, think about it, nine high schools out of 13, yeah. averaging 3,000 students each, not one student could pass the math or reading or English portion of that state test. Not one. But I think we also kind of uncovered another thing is because, like, 
my youngest, she comes in and she has homework. And I don't want to do homework with her, but she can't do it by herself. So I'm, we have to do it with her. And I think that's maybe the design of getting more of a family person involved when it comes to working with your children. I think family involvement, whether it's just checking up on your schoolwork or whether it's reading with them or doing math problems at a younger age is what improves their academics. Well, no, you make a good point because in 2000, they didn't go what you said as family involvement, but in 2017, the left-leaning Brookings Institute out of Washington came out with a report that showed all the ethnic groups, you know, Asians, white, Hispanics, African-Americans, and homework um, time. Mm -hmm. The highest ethnic group who does a lot of homework is Asians. Yeah. Followed, you know, a little bit down the, the, the roll by whites, then Hispanics. At the bottom is African-Americans. Now, they didn't go into why. They just said they do far less homework than any other ethnic group. Now, maybe it because, and this is speculation. I don't have uh, evidence to back it up, but 70% of African-American. Family structure, I think. Children come from a, a single-parent home. Not the result of a divorce. So yeah. family dynamics play. Now, my father, and I mentioned this many times, had a grade school education, never got by beyond the fifth grade. So he didn't really do our spend time doing homework with us because he always felt bad that he didn't have the education. Mm -hmm. And this is from another country. But when you went to school, you went to school. Mm hmm if you were sick, you better be dying, hooked up to a, an oxygen tent before you stayed home. Yeah. And then while you were in school, you wanted to learn. So if a teacher would have called home saying your son was goofing off, I would have been on the ground begging you, don't do that. You can waterboard me now because that's the least of my problems when I get home. But aren't the public school systems now just like I, I just look at my kid and be like, hey, look, dude, you just got to make it through your 12 years. And then you can do something after that. You can join the military. You can go to college or you can pick up a trade, you know, this or that. But then a lot of feedback that I'm getting from colleges, you know, especially from like maybe the 0.1% up there is that they're just like using college is more of like a networking thing. I, I think if you break it down to like four areas you need college to be an accountant or working with numbers a professional, a professional degree yeah you need to go to college to be a scientist you need to go to college to be a doctor you need to go to college to be a lawyer i think or a teacher <clears throat> or an educator of some sort yeah yeah after that it's just kind of like you know i think there's a lot of networking there and then eventually you're going to get hired by somebody that went to the same school as you did well, the other thing with college, we gear everybody to college. My younger brother didn't go to college. He went to the, the, the vocational training. He became yep. a, he was a carpenter. He did a lot of things. But he also now is a superintendent for a construction company. Mm -hmm. He makes well over $200,000 $200, a year. Yeah. High school diploma. Now, there, to me, I was talking with somebody at work about this. Education for, should fit into three phases. There should those who want to go to college, if you need to be a professional de degree or profession, or you're going to be a teacher or something like that. Yeah. The second phase should be the or track should be those who are going vocational training. 
those who want to be in the building trades, you know, plumbers, electricians, whatever. There should be a third track for those who want to get non-building trades Mm -hmm. and those who want to be like cybersecurity. Those who want to be dr- work with drones, you don't well, need. I mean, we got right here who yeah, went to school. Okay, that's <clears throat> the other point I'm getting at. Yeah. So we should go that direction. Ray, you became a gunsmith. You can make a good living oh, as yeah. a gunsmith. You have certain skills. Like for me, I can't even put a bookshelf together without screwing it up. Mm-hmm. But to me, anybody that can work with their hands, to me, nope. that's a, tr- a, a, a tr- um, not a, just a trade. That is a skill set. You know what I'm going to do? I think I'm going to go to Ikea. I'm going to buy a bookshelf, and we're going to go live on TikTok, and you're going to build a bookshelf. Well, okay. John, more, <laughs> more to your point, and like, if we have young viewers, my number one piece of advice is don't jump into anything right away, especially if it has anything to deal with taking on a six-figure loan and using a degree that you may not even use i mean i went from high school i graduated in 2012 went into the military didn't really work out into my benefit well but you know just so everybody knows you got injured yeah so i just want to preface that yeah. so it's not like it didn't work out right. it sounds like you got kicked out like a no i got like i got dog that they discharged just, but medically you got medically discharged because you got you had what an illness it was pneumonia that was really bad, almost killed me. Uh, I got better, and then they kind of ruled it asthma, and it was just best okay, for so, me to uh, be So discharged. I just want to preface that, that you got medically discharged because of an illness that you had. Yes. You could no longer serve, so that's... That's clarified. But I will say, like, from the time the military, I was never a school student. I didn't like school. And I did my best to make sure I was never in there. And I made sure I played sports and stuff like that. And I know there's plenty of guys and and girls out there just like me. And I will say that I didn't go back to school. I found what I wanted to do seven years after high school. So I went to school in 2019. And, you know, I found something that I like to do and that I want to do in the world. But see, but that goes back to what they do in Germany. They expose kids at a younger age, like in the high school years, to other fields that maybe you didn't know what you wanted to do. Because I didn't know what I liked until after I got out of high school, joined the Marines. I just happened to like politics. I like history. I like the the public policy aspects, not the infighting and the campaign. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. But I like the public policy stuff. But we have this innate belief in America. Everybody needs to go to college. And I would tell people, who fixes your car? Who d- builds your home? Who builds things? This is a tradesman isn't some yokel who couldn't graduate, who's got a criminal background. This is right. a skilled craftsman. Even my brother, when he became, went into the construction fields, my dad went to the construction field 40 years prior. Then it was get up there on the, on the steel and go to work. Well, you can't do that today. You have to go through the apprenticeship programs. And that's basically akin to a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. And my younger brother runs a construction company as a superintendent. So when you pour cement for an industrial complex or a commercial project, you got to know what you're doing. Yeah, you got to factor how much you, this you're going to need, how much supplies you got to deal with labor. You got to deal with all these concerns, and you got to come in on budget and on time, or you cost your your company money. Yeah. So we're into the cyber world. 
why can't we train like the next Jedi Knights who are trained in cybersecurity, who have the temperament for that, and we can launch them into the government, we can launch them into the private sector. There's no reason that we have the best tech companies in the world, but we still get routinely hacked. Yeah. Yep. Like your son, you keep telling me your son is a more hands-on person. Yeah. So maybe, and he likes to build things, like to tinker with things. So maybe as your son gets older, maybe college isn't for him. No. But if there's a vocational field that he can go into, like drones, he can go into this where he can build things, tinker with things, he would thrive in that environment. But we saddle everybody, and the ones that cause the student loan problem are the ones that caused the problem in the first place. Right. Yeah, you know, I think it's just going to be the battle for it, you know, whether it comes to my youngest or even my son, is that I'm just going to battle for him just to make it through these 12 years and kind of then he can, you know, then he can figure it out <clears throat> but versus, should, let, versus letting a public school kind of mold his ideology. But see, but they, there should be systems set up as your son gets into high school he can be involved in more things that are more useful to what he's interested in. Because if you like, I talked to a friend who runs a drone company. I go, do you need a college degree for that? He goes, no, you just have to have the temperament to go into drone technology and building drones. I said this 15 years ago when drones first were starting to make the noise in the early 2000s. And everybody said I was nuts when I said this is going to be a game changer because yeah. you don't need helicopters. You can use it for Bureau of Land Management. You can use it on the border. You can use it for news crews. You can use it for mapping. Mm -hmm. There's so many things you can do that's going to revolutionize things, and why not tap into that? So then these kids are not graduating on an average of $40,000 in debt. It's just, it's ludicrous. And I've talked to these on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats. They look at me like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. But they just pursue the same thing. Mm -hmm. Go to college, go to college. And then our colleges are have such a huge bloated de uh, budget. They spend like no matter. They force kids to take out all these loans. The government will give it to them. And then you've got a president who just, well, we'll forgive it. Well, what about those who didn't go to college? Yeah. What about those who paid off their student loans or worked their way through college like I did? What are we, suckers? So my question to you is, you know, now that's starting to be more more or less a conversation and it's kind of being done by extending the delay of paying, if he does cancel it, what happens? <laughs> we go into a recession. Well, what it, would, it would fuel inflation. That's one aspect. The other thing is I don't think he has the constitutional – authority to cancel student loan one that was a contract and two where do you stop he doesn't have the constitutional authority to do anything but he does it anyway and, but, like he stopped building on the wall and there the supreme court is like no dude you got to keep on building it and he's just like and that's the problem we've got politicians who if you don't like if the court rules against you you just oh, i'll do it anyway but would that go to a vote what it's going to come down to is the, the american people when they come in on in November, the midterm elections on the 8th, they got to make a decision. Is this the way you want to go? Like I, like we talked about earlier, I ask them all the time, when are the Democrats going to realize they effed up? They'll oh. effed up November <laughs> the 8th. Because right now, they still don't get it. Yeah. Because I think the reason they don't get it, and this isn't me saying, this was a Democratic, I can't remember his name, of this report that came out, 
And one publication, I'll have to go back and look at where I found it. But this week, this Democratic consultant said there's three or four reasons why the Democrats don't get it mm-hmm. and why they're losing. One, their, their base has changed. They're mm-hmm. no longer the party of the blue-collar worker like they once were. Yeah. They're the party of the techs, techies, the academics, the government workers, and the wealthy. Yeah, and they lost a big, they lost a big hand with them losing Twitter. And they lost that big hand with Twitter. Because, and it's not that they don't see it. Because I remember, Joe, you asked me this on a previous podcast. Because they don't like the blue-collar worker. They don't like somebody that, ha- that deal- works with their hands. They think they're so intellectually superior among everybody that w- they should be deciding things. Maisie Hirono, the senator from um, Hawaii, said it best. People just don't realize how smart we are. I would counter it. Then why are we $30 trillion in debt? Yeah. Why is it that Janet Yellen and Jerome Powell, both Ph.D. in economics, couldn't see the inflation surge coming? It wasn't transitory. It's now permanent. Yeah. <clears throat> we got the debacle. And after I talked to a general friend of mine. I said, we failed as a country. We got our asses kicked by a bunch of goat herders wearing flip-flops in Afghanistan. How come they, their generals didn't see it? Our national security leaders didn't see it? They all went to Harvard, Yale. I wrote a report about it for my master's class 11 years ago. I just went to a state college in an online military university, but I saw it. So, John, how can they get a hold of us? Well, they can, keep, they can get a hold of us by going to ubaldireports.gmail.com or... You can go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and obviously TikTok and type in Ubaldi Reports and you can see it. And if you're on TikTok or listening to this streaming platform on YouTube, and I forgot, you got to check us out on YouTube. And if you go to YouTube, hit you, like. YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Yeah. If you go to those, but if you go to YouTube, type it, uh, click in liked and subscribe. But on um TikTok, we're going to be doing this podcast every Wednesday at 7.30 in the evening, Eastern Standard Time, mm-hmm. and we're starting to make some movement. We've got more people downloading this, so we're hoping that Lipson sees this, contacts Spotify, so we can do this on a full-time basis and do this every day, post it every day, and we can keep you informed and let you make up your own mind about the facts that we provided. You may disagree with us. That's fine. So I want you to make up your own mind and take it where you want to take it. All right. So everybody have a good day, and we will talk to you soon. Yep. Keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. Let your friends, family and friends know about Ubaldi Reports. Until next time, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. <laughs>